It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That's Locked On for 20% off. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome back into the Lockdown Reds podcast. Today is the final part, part three of the Lockdown NL Central crossover. Sean, Lucas, and myself just talked so much. We had to split it into three, and today's that last part. We're going to talk about a couple of exciting prospects within the division. Also going to look at something that uh, not a whole lot of people are talking about with each of our teams heading into 2021. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and check out the website at LockedOnReds.com. All right, we got a lot to get to, so we're going to jump right in. I want to move on from the Cy Young conversation. I want to talk about some young guys. And unfortunately, we don't have uh, our Pirates guy here with us, but Lucas, yeah. I'm going to ask you because the uh, the kind of two-headed part of this conversation, two-pronged part of this conversation, maybe, Sean, you can take the other side on this one, is who is the more exciting prospect in the NL Central? Is it Dylan Carlson or is it Key Brian Hayes? That, ooh, that's a good question because Key Brian Hayes was impressive this season. Um, I pull up a stat as I start talking, but I'll, I'll take Dylan Carlson's side as uh, <laughs> we'll come to shock to no one. Um, Dylan Carlson is your prototypical outfielder baseball player. He, he, he can run, he can throw, he can hit the typical five tool guy. And he, he's kind of the guy that the Cardinals are kind of pinning, uh, pinning this next trajectory of the season towards. 
his final line was not good. 200 batting average um, in terms of – sorry, my computer's slow. Uh, he, he hit 200, OPS plus of 66. But whenever he came back, because um, he, he, he got called up and then he got sent back down. And since, when he got called back up was whenever he really started to look good. He got called back up um, right after September 18th, as I highlight those games in the game log on the wonderful website of Baseball Reference. But in, in those games, he hit back up to 286. He hit three home runs, drove in uh, 11, four doubles. He was an extra base hit machine. So Dylan Carlson is one of those guys that he, he can hit, he can run, he can throw. He, he can really do it all. And he can do it all at a high level. He's done nothing at the minor leagues, minor leagues but hit. It took him a little bit to adjust to the breaking ball, especially to the changeup. Even when he got called back up, his changeup, uh, his numbers against the changeup weren't good. But I think that w- with him kind of dipping his toe in the water in 2020, I think that it will propel him to 2021. And he can really play any of the three outfield positions at an elite level. So I'm going with Dylan Carlson, and you can call him the same offensively, but I think Carlson's ability to play three different positions at that elite level, I think that elevates him over the top. Yeah, Carlson's a talented guy. and uh, But like you said, the numbers didn't really suggest it this year, but he, he didn't really have much help in that offensive lineup either. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was tough too. But um, what Key Brian Hayes did this year, especially, I mean, I, I know he made his debut against the Cubs and made us look real silly. Um, he's, he's a very fast player. He's got incredible speed, but um, he's such an interesting player in the sense that he's a guy that he does have some pop in his bat. I don't think he's necessarily a home run type hitter, um, but he did find some power during 2019 a little bit. Um, He's a guy that's going to probably create a lot with his legs, though. Um, You wonder longevity wise how that'll last, but in terms of like what the Pirates have now, talk about like key Brian Hayes you talk about like Josh Bell um, those players alone those that's nice to build off of you wonder what the Pirates have going for them on beyond that though they have obviously some talented prospects coming through in the next few years but some of these pieces are likely going to get moved so you question like what exactly this looks like but in terms of like having a player to build around key Brian Hayes is a fun player to have if you're a Pittsburgh Pirate fan he's gonna steal bases He's great at getting on base with that speed, which is nice to see. Usually you see a high contact guy like him having to kind of manufacture hits and runs. He does have pop off the bat. He does hit gap to gap. Um, in terms of like who's the more important player, probably Carlson at the moment right now. The Cardinals really do need a bat, and he's probably been the guy, the bat for a little bit. Him and was it Lane Thomas? Is that the other one too? He's got a decent – he had a couple home runs for the Cardinals a couple years ago, right, Lucas? Yeah, yeah, he, he he took a step back in 2020, but he he would be the other guy that kind of the young mm-hmm. outfield prospect that I would look at. Um, and you and you look at Carlson too. Is a, the the success didn't stop in the postseason. Um, he he was three for nine. He hit uh, didn't hit any home runs, but had a couple of extra base hits in the series against San Diego. So that's what I like to see. It wasn't just like you know the Cardinals. The schedule didn't have to do anything with it. It was really Carlson's talent that came through, and you know these the, the resurgence did not stop in the postseason when he was probably facing a really good team in San Diego and he's still produced. So I just think that, and like you said, Sean, with the way the Cardinals offense is and how badly they need a bat, how badly they need protection for Goldschmidt, uh, some other guy that, that can hurt you on a consistent basis. I think Carlson is that guy for St. Louis big time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, defensively too, Carlson's just a stud. Uh, great arm, fields the position well, like you said, can play all three positions if necessary. Uh, Keep Ryan Hayes, uh, the glove is, is is really good. It's hard to figure out where he's going to be, but his arm is so strong. They've been sticking him at third. Um, 
he's just a he's a, a guy that he does a lot of things you wouldn't necessarily expect a top prospect to be good at um because like it's usually like you see the guys like like a, a Nico Horner for instance for the Cubs a, a top prospect but not nearly as talented as a key Brian Hayes does a lot of like certain little things well just like you know underhand throws to second fielding grounders well on tr- tough hops those type of things key Brian Hayes does all that too but then he's got this arm that's like I mean, gosh, it's he could easily you could see him pulling off some Nolan Arenado type highlights at third base. But if I had to pick a guy that I, I would think would be more important to their team, probably Carlson, just because the Cardinals are going to probably be a better team these next couple of years. Yeah. And I feel like, too, when you look at Carlson's uh, profile, his BABIP during the regular season was 260. So he's getting a little bit unlucky. I mean, not a ton unlucky, but he made a lot of hard contact and was going right at guys. He even hit a dinger off of Reds pitching this season. So I, I think moving forward, the numbers that we saw for this regular season for Carlson are going to be a lot different. And on the flip side, Carl or, uh, Key Brian Hayes, his outrageous numbers in a incy sample size are going to come down because his BABIP was insanely high. He hit like 465 on the yeah. BABIP. That's going to come down. But overall, I think both of these guys are a talent to watch. Key Brian Hayes, I don't think the Reds got him out, which is a testament to him. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how these guys move forward. I think uh, both are going to be uh, big when it comes to the Central. But I think I'm with you. I think Carlson's got more talent and you fall back on talent. Yeah, the only thing you worry about with Carlson is the strikeout numbers. Key Brian Hayes does have great play to uh, great patience we did see that a little bit come through last year he walked nearly 10 percent of his bats last year um small sample size of course 24 games that isn't a lot um but <laughs> he's he's walked nearly like i think it's close to 10 percent throughout his minor league career so that's an encouraging sign but you know yeah two fun guys that'll definitely be part of the NL central conversation in a few years so um I wanted to talk about this before we wrapped up here. Um, it's hard not to look at least to the two World Series teams. I know I talked about this a little bit with you guys before we jumped on, but you look at what the Reds have been able to do. Or the Reds, geez. <laughs> the Reds have been great, but uh, the, the Rays. The Rays have been able to do with uh, accumulating talent, finding – you know, it always seems like they take everyone's broken pitcher and turn them into an all-star. Um, they've done that with their bullpen, their starters. Um, and then you look on the flip side of the Dodgers, they've been really good at obviously acquiring great talent like Mookie Bats, but also drafting Corey Seegers and Cody Bellinger's of the world. Jack Peterson's still a really good player that, that probably doesn't make sense on this roster much longer, but it's going to go find a home on another team. But you look at how these two teams have put together their nucleus, I guess their core players, and you look at what, the rest of these NL Central teams are it, it, it doesn't quite match up it feels like maybe despite us having four playoff teams in this division it feels like our teams at least for the Cubs from my perspective I feel like I'm a step behind a lot of these teams how are you guys feeling right now watching this World Series I feel like the Rays stole Randy Rosarena from us and I'm very upset <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna I say wanted, anything but <laughs> I wanted to hear you t- I wanted to hear your take on that okay here, here, here's my take on that Randy Rosarena is hitting at an unbelievable level right now Will he hit like this for the rest of his career? Probably not. That's, that's obvious. But the, the point of the fact is for the St. Louis Cardinals, you had all these outfielders that you could throw into that Jose Martinez trade because Martinez didn't make sense on the roster, couldn't play him anywhere because he was liability on defense. I didn't mind getting rid of him. I really loved getting back Libertor. But when you look at guys that you can trade, when you have a guy like Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Andy Rosarena, John Mosaic, the president of baseball operations, went on record a couple of days ago saying that they thought all three of them were comparable. 
it's really not that close, especially when you look at the two center fielders of Bader and Rosarena. Uh, I, I tweeted out a thread that I'm not going to dig, dig through right now, but their, their minor league numbers are actually somewhat close. Rosarena is a tick better. But what highlights to me is the strikeout rate and how often Harrison Bader struck out. So would you have seen Randy Rosarena breaking the postseason record for home runs and hits in one postseason? No, but I think you definitely could have seen a Rosarena being a better player than Harrison Bader. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I get it. Baseball's weird. You're not going to win every trade. But I really didn't like giving up this trade. There's some rumors flying around that he really only got traded because he released a video last offseason of a profanity-laden speech um, of, of Mike Schilt following a postseason win, and that didn't really sit well with the Cardinals. The truth to that will always be unknown. But I, I just think that Matthew Liebertor better be the real freaking deal if you're going to give up Randy <laughs> Rosemary. That's all I'm saying. That's, that, that's all I'll say about it. I don't want to talk yeah. about it anymore. I just think that Randy is a really good player the Cardinals should have kept. I'm done. There's, a, there's no way he doesn't have, like, a David Freeze-esque, like, postseason, like, remembrance now. Like, I feel like he'll pop up on our – because, I, I mean, I hope he turns into a star. That'd be awesome. I, maybe not for your sake, Lucas, but I, I hope <laughs> he does. But, yeah, in a couple of years, we could probably see him pop up on a roster and someone plays highlight reel from this postseason. But yeah. Coming up, I give my take as to where the Reds stack up with the Dodgers and the Reds. And Sean also talks about how the Cubs stack up. And then we talk about some things that – not a whole lot of people are talking about and I bring Nick Senzel back up yep that's just what I do so that's coming up here in just a minute but before we get to all of that now is the perfect time to grab a built bar open the wrapper and take a bite because built bar tastes amazing built bars like a candy bar but it's healthy like a protein bar. Imagine your favorite candy bars, and if they only had four grams of sugar in them, they'd probably taste a lot different, wouldn't they? Built Bar's not that way. Built Bar is a very good tasting snack that is very healthy for you as well. And they've got all kinds of amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia, Chocolate Coconut. They've got German Chocolate Cake. I know I just mentioned two coconut flavors, but hey, if you like coconut, they got a lot of good stuff. They've also got great fruit flavors. They've got mint chocolate brownie. If you don't have one right now, I highly recommend you go to BuiltBar.com. And I've got a solution for you as to the price. Check out the promo code locked on. It'll give you 20% off your next order. So you can go get yourself some amazingly delicious snacks at Built Bar because they've also got Built Go, which is an energy gel that you kind of use like a pre-workout, or you can use it the night after maybe even buy it a little bit. So Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jeff, what's uh, what's your take? How are you feeling looking at your roster for the Reds and then looking at these two World Series teams? Yeah, I definitely think that there's a vast gulf, especially in the the fielding capabilities. I mean, when you look at Kevin Kiermeyer in center field, there's a large Oof. circle where stud. if you hit a fly ball, it's an out. Like, 
Kevin Kiermeyer is not going to let that thing drop. And then overall on the Dodgers side, they're really good at putting together rallies. And even though they do hit a ton of home runs, they're also able to hit not home runs and get runs off of them. If that makes any sense. I just tied my mind into yeah. a pretzel. No. Um, <laughs> the Reds were terrible at that. They had to hit home runs to score runs. And it was – while it was something where it's like, okay, well, they hit a bunch of home runs, it was still really stressful to watch every game and know that, all right, we got guys on base, but we need a dinger. They're, they're not going to get a base hit. So that was something that both teams are really good at uh, putting together and, you know, botched pickles notwithstanding. We saw what happens in game four <laughs> if you just put the ball in play. So I, I think that that's something moving forward, kind of like you mentioned with going after DJ LeMahieu. Let's see some more contact, guys. we got so many big boppers in this uh, division, not even just the Reds, but yeah. in this whole entire division that it's like, all right, let's mix in some uh, basic guys, which hopefully show Gawakiyama, uh, who I love. I can't wait to see him play more and more and more, but hopefully he turns into that guy. But yeah, overall, I'm looking at – I don't want to say small ball because I was so tired of hearing Alex Rodriguez talk about bunting on ESPN uh. broadcast of the Reds and Braves games. But I, I, I want to see more base hits, more runs and hits and hits and runs and things like that. Yeah. That's uh that's how I feel too. And I, I think for like postseason, we've seen over these last couple of years, like obviously home runs have happened and that that's going to always be a way you're going to score runs in the postseason. But when you're going up against the best pitchers in baseball and so the you know, team's best starters consistently, maybe even on short rest, like you need guys that can, that can hit the ball and, and put it in play consistently and not just necessarily smash the crap out of the ball. And that's, kind of what I feel like the Cubs do on top of not hitting the ball in play either. They're really good at smashing deep fly ball outs. Um, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And that's great. A lot of times, uh, cause they do turn into home runs, but when, when everyone in the lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows when that'll happen? It could change from the third to the fifth inning, um, at Wrigley field, but third or the fourth even. <laughs> yeah. Geez. Or even mid inning. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you just need those type of bats that profile well as contact hitters that, that, that do find gaps, that do keep the ball in play, keep the offense rolling. That type of bat is, is key. And we're, we're seeing the Reds have a ton of those bats. Um, it, yeah. it feels like everyone in their lineup can do a little bit of everything. But mm -hmm. I, I think the biggest thing for both this Reds and Dodgers team is you've got a ton of versatility and you've got a lot of depth. Because, like, I mean, like, Chris Taylor has been on that Dodgers team for, like, what it feels like five years now. I don't even know. He might not be on that team anymore. He, I think he is still. <laughs> but, Taylor, like, just, yeah, like, one of those guys who's just, like, I mean, in 20, was it 2017 or even 2016 was, like, incredible in that postseason run. And you're just, like, what, what is this guy? Like, what, <laughs> like, Kike Hernandez steps yeah. up in those moments. Like, you have yeah. those guys who were just – been on this team for a little bit but I've, I've, I've maybe not accepted but know what the role is so when it comes postseason they, they know the little things they need to do like every Cubs fan loves to mention Ben Zobers bunting in that game five against the Giants in 2016 that, that kicked off the <laughs> or the game four against the Giants that kicked off them scoring and, and they walk off and win that series and then end up obviously going to the World Series and all that those little things like that while you know, I don't recommend bunting all the time. <laughs> it's those little things like that that really help kickstart an offense. And as great as a home run can be, sometimes it's more important to have a guy that can hit the gaps. Yeah, because a not home run, a.k.a. a 300-foot fly ball that falls into somebody's glove, that's still an out. 
Yeah, gosh. The amount of times I heard people saying, oh, Kyle Schwarber's really hitting the ball hard for hard outs. It's like, yeah, but they're outs, man. Like, I get, you know, exit velocity is important and everything, and that's great. But if you're going to hit 110 miles into the shift, like, what are we doing? Like, come on. (laughs) And that matters, too. Like, you know, you can hit a ball 100 miles an hour off the bat, but if it goes 342 feet for an out, that's a lot different than, like, oh, I had a line drive to the third baseman that was just unlucky. I think that matters more. Like, if you're going to hit a ball hard, hit a line drive. You know what I mean? Um, right and that's more of a traditionalist sense of of the game of not always going for launch angle and things like that but I think when when you look at hard outs the hard outs to right to a fielder or you know on a line drive impressed me more than a loud out that went 334 feet to the track yeah yep yeah I'm 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 there with you and it feels like I think we all kind of collectively feel the same way about our offenses which is uh (laughs) They, uh, they didn't do what they were supposed to, and they did a lot of things they definitely weren't supposed to do. So um, I guess one, uh, one final question here before we wrap up. Um, I guess if there's one thing you're looking at coming into 2021 for this club, like what's one thing that maybe people aren't talking about but you are personally really excited about that maybe fans should be paying attention to? Um, I'll start with you, Jeff, if you want to kick us off. Of course you will. Yeah. <laughs> I – I think um, when it when it comes to what everyone's not talking about, there there's a lot that people are talking about with this offseason with with the Reds because it's very uh, fork in the road type offseason. When you look at yeah. the president of baseball ops, Dick Williams, stepping down, Nick Crawl being promoted, who he's been within the organization for 18 years, so he knows the lay of the land. He's not coming in cold here, but at the same token. There's a lot of things that Dick Williams began that he's got to make sure he not only continues, but continues the positive upward momentum. And how do you do that in a climate where you can almost see the Reds shedding payroll instead of adding payroll? So you look in-house at some of the options. I think one guy that some of us are talking about, but most people have kind of uh, written off is Nick Senzel. He is a guy that constantly shows that when he's healthy, he can play well. But nobody knows when he's going to be healthy. He's not shown consistency in that department. And now, most of it has been just obscure stuff. He's not re-injuring the same thing. Like, it's not like he's got a bum shoulder that just keeps cropping up or a weak knee. It's, oh, he's got an ankle. Oh, he's got a wrist. Oh, he's got an arm. Oh, he's got a finger. Now he's got a toe. Now he's got a knee. It's like all over the place. In this past season, you know, with all the COVID stuff going around, he missed a lot of time that really wasn't explained, although I think everybody kind of has their own, um, you know, thoughts <laughs> about that. I've seen, so, I've seen some, uh, some interesting threads on Twitter about Nick Senzel, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you look at 2021 and you say, well, I want to see him with this amount of batting average, this amount of home runs. I almost – and I know this is almost going to sound sacrilege, but I almost don't care about that. I want to see him play at least 140 games. That's all I want to see. Because I think if you get that amount of playing time, the other numbers come with it. I don't want to be at the end of 2021 and say, well, okay, so he played 80 games. So what's he going to be like in 2022? Because the question we've had going into 2020, the questions we had going into 2019, and even the questions coming into 2018 is – is this kid healthy? Is he going to be able to be on the field to produce for the Reds? And we have those same questions entering 2021. Yeah, that's a, 
That's a great point. There, there is very much a little bit of a Byron Buxton feel to, to Nick Senzel yes. at this point. Um, maybe not to the same extent because we've seen Buxton really produce at a high level and he's healthy. But Senzel's that guy that really, like, if he's hitting and 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 playing like the top prospect everyone thought he is, like that Reds team looks a lot different because he yep. is he is a superstar like athlete. He has that potential in him. So I, I'm hoping for him. I, I like Senzel. I thought – I know when uh, Ryan and I talked to you last time to, to preview this season, Jeff, and then it got canceled and then, you know, everything yeah. just went, <laughs> went to the, the crapper. But uh, we, the big thing for you, you were talking a lot about Senzel, and we were, we were high on him too. We thought he could be – if healthy, he, he changes the dynamic of that team. Um, yeah, not to be a broken record about saying the same thing that I told you and Sean, you and Ryan. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's really the straw that stirs the drink. They've got a lot of good hitters in this lineup, but if he's on, he's he's the guy that keeps everything kind of gelled together. So hopefully, he's healthy next year. Yeah, Lucas, uh, you are wonderful. I appreciate all the work you do. <laughs> no, what do you um? What what what's uh? What's something you're looking forward to for 2021 with this Cardinals team? I'm really looking forward to, honestly, um, seeing what moves they make in the offseason. You, you mentioned, you know, something that not a lot of people are talking about. Something that not a lot of people are talking about is the fact that the Cardinals have very minimum amount in their payroll, um, the yeah. minimum amount of money to make in, in this offseason, rather. Um, they, they have some bad contracts on the books in, in Fowler and, and Matt Carpenter. So I think that while – you know, even I mentioned that Springer's a good option. It's more likely that they get more of like a Jock Peterson or, or a tier two kind of guy. But I, I am looking forward to, for Dylan Carlson for a full season of him after having some, some success in, in his second call up. Because like I said earlier, the fact that Goldschmidt has little to no protection for a full season really hindered him whenever Brad Miller forgot how to hit a baseball or oh, whenever man. Paul DeYoung goes through his, you know, month-long stretches of hitting 200. Um, so I think if Carlson can find a way to be somewhat consistent and, and can be a threat, then I think that Paul Goldschmidt has protection and it forces guys to pitch to Paul Goldschmidt because it's, it's very easy to get Goldschmidt out whenever you don't have to pitch to him. You throw him breaking balls in the dirt, you walk him and all these different baseball things. But I think that Carlson will, will, will provide some, some nice, some much needed protection. And I really think the guy that doesn't get talked about a lot at all, in my opinion, in, in terms of Cardinal fan base, Paul DeYoung, the shortstop for St. Louis, I think he's going to really step into his own this year. He, he has struggles of consistency. I think when he, he uh, in the last month of the season, he hit like 202, and the, the 15 games prior, he hit like 330 um, this season. So I think that he struggles a lot with consistency. But if he can be a, a solid 5-6 guy in, the, in that lineup, I really like what he can do with the bat, and he can go through stretches of everything. But I think he steps into his own. And, and, and if those two guys can provide some protection for Goldschmidt and maybe the Cardinals get another – a player like you know, like like you said, like like a Jack Peterson, maybe a Justin Turner. Then I like what the uh, Cardinals can look like in 2021. But if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm really not holding my breath for that big giant offseason splash that might come in 2021 when they have a little bit more room in their payroll. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it feels like for me. And I think a lot of teams are going to kind of operate under that guise, whereas they're just kind of like if if you're kind of like at the Cardinals, where you're you're not at a crossroads, you're not at necessarily a transition year, but you're obviously kind of you're not quite the team you're going to be if you're if you're going to compete in a couple of years. You would probably see them play it safe, figure out what you have, and maybe certain guys and make that move. But um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Lucas. It, it's really strange when you're watching a Cardinals game and Paul Goldschmidt comes up and batting cleanup is Brad Miller. 
like yeah. what <laughs> like <laughs> that dude's more famous for not wearing batting gloves than anything else <laughs> like i i uh it was just weird to see him as a cleanup hitter he hit well actually surprisingly i mean i think he, I think he was right on I, I, he might have led the cardinals in rbi or maybe i think he was just behind him with goldschmidt but mm-hmm. um like yeah that's not <laughs> that's never a good look um <laughs> so I, I i agree with you i think getting some protection but uh paul DeYoung's a guy that i i think a lot better than i think people give him credit for he's a very underrated shortstop too very good at the position a lot better than i think people give him credit for he does oh, commit absolutely. some errors um and that'll happen but so does javi Baez. javi Baez commits a ton of errors and no one talks about that so um because but, he's javi Baez. look at how good he tags people i mean oh yeah my did you see his tag <laughs> um <laughs> but i i agree with you i think i think getting getting someone figuring out where Goldschmidt falls into this role. Maybe you get experience from for someone like Carlson. But I, I the biggest things you guys mentioned on is getting young players at bats. It's insane. I, the biggest example I always point to is, is is Anthony Rizzo, who came up and got traded to the Cubs from San Diego and couldn't hit left-handed pitching. He played two seasons, and all of a sudden he was kind of okay at hitting left-handed pitching. And it's almost like if you do it enough times, you might get better. I don't know why baseball's so against not giving some of these guys the plate appearances. And I get playing matchups is key. Joe Madden did that a ton with those young guys. But now you look at a lot of these young guys, they don't really have the skills to be a complete baseball player. They're just really good at X, Y, and Z and not a complete guys of it. So I I think getting experience is important. But – um, if I had to, I guess, pick something I'm looking forward to for the Cubs in 2021, um, my big thing would be, uh, I, I hope we see more progression with, uh, with Wilson Contreras behind the plate. He made massive strides this year in framing. He went from being one of the worst catchers to being one of the better ones, if not one of the best in the national league last year in framing small sample size, but just insane to see that jump. I'm looking forward to watching Matt. Um, the other thing I'm interested in is, uh, the Cubs got kind of different with their bullpen this year um more so than they ever have they usually went with a lot of younger or older guys who don't throw very hard but just knew how to pitch in big moments the Cubs kind of went the opposite a lot of guys who have crazy stuff but maybe not the best control of it at different times and they got good results after maybe a couple rough few weeks so I'm I'm excited for that if they can show they can develop players in that regard maybe that means they don't have to trade guys like Aloy Jimenez and um Dylan cease anymore to get pitching um and that's really that's really what set this cubs team back so if they can solve that issue that that makes me feel good about 2021 and further i like it man it's it's been an interesting season this whole shortened idea it's like Mm -hmm. we mentioned it was basically like watching the months of april and may and uh hopefully here in 2021 we'll get a few more months on top of that because fingers crossed yes fingers crossed it was, it was good rough. to talk to you guys, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah of well, course. Yeah. If you guys aren't following our us on Twitter, you can follow Lucas on Twitter at Lucas J Fastball and follow, of course, LJ Fastball. LJ Jesus, I said Lucas J Fastball. That's funny. <laughs> LJ Fastball. Gosh, I'm all over the place. And then L O underscore Cardinals. You can follow the handle for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Carr is at uh, at Jeff Carr. Fall. Locked on Reds on Twitter, both that Jeff Carr and Locked on Reds. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. You can follow Locked on Cubs at Locked on Cubs. And then if you want to, you can follow Ethan Smith, who is obviously the uh, Locked on Pirates 
host. You can follow obviously. Lockdown Pirates. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and then uh, Ben Larson, you can follow him. I believe he is Cheesehead Takes on yep. Twitter. He hosts the Lockdown Brewers show. You can follow them at LO Brewers. But that's our essential crew. So stick around for Lockdown uh, with Lockdown for more updates and hopefully an exciting offseason. Who knows with COVID involved, but maybe something fun, right? We'll Absolutely. See how it goes. It'll be fun. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around, guys. Appreciate we all working here. We appreciate everyone tuning in to listen. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy baseball while it's still around. That'll do it for today's episode. And thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown NL Central crossover. If you missed any bit of it, go back and check it out. There are two other parts on Monday and Tuesday. But coming up tomorrow, Lance McAllister rejoins the podcast for a look at what happened this past offseason and what he expects to come about in 2021. It's going to be an interesting conversation. I always love talking with Lance. That'll be coming up tomorrow on the podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. The best way to not miss it is to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Gar with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone as well for reactions, questions, comments, whatever you've got. 513 549 0159. But that'll do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play the Locked On MLB podcast, and I will talk to every single one of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.